Grace and peace to you, Bloom. Welcome to our guided liturgy podcast, where we engage together in the prayers and the confession and the scripture of Lent. This is the second Sunday of Lent, the season in which the church invites us to be open to the presence and to the leading of Christ in our lives. So may you find Christ as you engage with the practices in the season of Lent. Grace and peace to you. Bloom, let's join with the church worldwide in praying the prayer of the day. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways, and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word, Jesus Christ, your Son, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God forever and ever. Amen. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let us then show our love for him by confessing our sin in penitence and faith. In the wilderness, we find your grace. You love us with an everlasting love. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. There is none but you to uphold our cause. Our sin cries out, and our guilt is great. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Heal us, O Lord, and we shall be healed. Restore us, and we shall know your joy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us. Forgive us our sin and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Consider the weak 
Hear a reading from Psalm 22. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. Praise the Lord, all you who fear him. Honor him, all you descendants of Jacob. Show him reverence, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not ignored or belittled the suffering of the needy. He has not turned his back on them but has listened to their cries for help. I will praise you in the great assembly. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of those who worship you. The poor will eat and be satisfied. All who seek the Lord will praise him. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. The whole earth will acknowledge the Lord and return to him. All families of the nations will bow down before him. For royal power belongs to the Lord. He rules all the nations. Let the rich of the earth feast and worship. Bow before him, all who are mortal, all whose lives will end as dust. 
our children will also serve him. Future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hear a reading from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 8. Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples then reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan, he said. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. We're in the season of Lent, which um, has really been, if you've been with us in the services, have been uh, really hopeful because it's the season in which the church calls us to come alive to the reality of Christ in new ways, in ways that have been practiced by the church for hundreds and hundreds of years. So things like repentance Scripture meditation, self-denial, fasting, those traditional practices of Lent are things that people tend to adapt during these 40 days. And it's also a season in which our imaginations can be inspired to find Christ in ways in which we hadn't previously made space for or considered. And so it's this really vibrant season of the church. And one of the traditional practices is self-denial, which sounds so um, foreign to us, especially living in the day and age that we live and and in the church that is present, at least in the U.S. this time. Self-denial is this ancient practice of consciously and with intention taking inventory of our needs and our wants and putting them away for a season so that we become more alive to the purposes and the presence and leading of Christ in our lives. And I think, to be honest, it strikes me because this practice of self-denial and the season of Lent comes on the heels of what has been a difficult year. And not only have we been faced with global health crisis, we have seen in our own country the ramifications of racism and oppression and injustice. We've seen the playing field is not level, nor has it been level for all, for a long time. We've seen very clearly 
that there are those that go without food or even shelter and who are worrying even tonight if they can feed their families, if they can find jobs. There's jobs to be had. And it has been a season of lament, at least for our community. It's been a season of repentance. And and I don't mean just turning away from a sin or a bad habit. What I mean is it's been a season of cultivating a repentant heart, a heart that is malleable by the Spirit of God, a heart that recognizes that we're not always right, that our side is not the one that has to persuade the other side. The deepest parts of us have things to learn, and we have a journey yet to go to become wiser and kinder. And so that repentant heart to me is what is described in the prophets, that we would have a heart of flesh. And as we've gone on this journey, it has been um, eye-opening to see that so much of the church in which we find ourselves in the U.S., white, evangelical world, just as it seems so many times, has lost its way. Someone was telling me the other day that they'd like to, to give hope to the church that's been so infiltrated and affected negatively by the culture. And I, I agree with that. But I think that it's the church in the U.S. that has infiltrated Christianity. I don't think the culture really did anything. The culture was just being what the culture is. But if I think about the story of the temptation of Christ, which was last Sunday, that what was offered to Christ by the evil one was power and control and riches and authority. And he literally walked away from it all because he knew what he was about. And his path was marked with humility and service and self-denial. And we see it again in this passage. Jesus is saying, this is where I'm going. This is the road that I have chosen, not because it's been forced upon me, but because it is who I am. At the heart of God is humility and service. And we see in this passage self-denial. When we take up this practice, we're in cooperation with the Holy Spirit who holds all things together. And Peter comes up and he says, may it not be so. It's interesting because Jesus turns around to him and he doesn't say, well, what do you mean by that? Or let's talk about this. Or we have a difference of opinion of what the road to the cross looks like. He says, get behind me, evil one. In a sense, he's saying, what you are holding in your heart is all the things of the world. It's this visceral rejection of self-denial. It's this visceral rejection of humility, of not having every need met, of things not going perfect. And he says to him, your heart is set on this world in the way that this world works, and your heart is not set on eternity. Jesus goes on to say to his followers, if you would follow me, if you would model after me, if you would be filled with the Holy Spirit, and become the body of Christ on the earth. Part of that is taking up your cross, embracing the road of self-denial, giving up the things that the world is so obsessed with, control, power, fortune, comfort, giving those up so that we can follow in the way of Christ. We see in that the heart of God, and we have seen so clearly in the past year 
where power and control and wealth and the avoidance of suffering, we see where it leads. People are oppressed. People groups are oppressed. The systems in which we build are not fair. They, by design, keep some down for the sake of others. And so again, what's heartbreaking about this season is that time after time after time, we see the evangelical church come to Christ, demanding power and control over others, wealth above simplicity, comforts met over self-denial. And when I say that, I'm including Bloom in that, as we are a part of the evangelical church in America. And so we sit here in Lent with repentant hearts, with hearts that lament for the state of the church. And not only for the church as a community, but for the state of our own souls. What does it mean to follow Christ? What does it mean to deny all other things, to take up our cross and follow him, to have the divine humility, the sacrifice, the passion that we see in Christ. Because that's where life is. And that's what Lent is calling us into. And so we pray along with the church and for the church in our day that we would follow Christ wholly and fully inspired healed and set free to love beyond measure and to love Christ over all things. That's what it means to be the body of Christ in our day, in these 40 days, to deny ourselves that we would have Christ. I think about the context of this verse a lot because how we receive it is not in any way how the people he's speaking to receive it. Like when he says, take up your cross, and follow me. Us who know the whole story, that he's going to take up the cross himself, Mm -hmm. it hits us a lot differently because we're like, oh, he did that and died. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure these people are thinking the same thing. Like if he's saying take up our cross, that means we're also going to die. But I've always thought this verse is interesting because of what we know about the rest of the story. I guess it still ends up being the same thing either way, but... I don't know. I think you have a good point. Of, of what they heard was take up a known instrument of death yeah, and follow me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I've said this before, so I have one good point, I think, but <laughs> the, whole, the whole point of the gospel is suffer, die, rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what he's, that's what Peter is not wanting is the suffer die part. Mm. And then I think uh, lay that against what the American church is really struggling with. We just want to rise, rise, rise. Mm. And that is not the correct path or that's not, that's not the way of the cross. Um, And which is what I like about Lent because Lent is about saying there's, there are things in me that need to die. But yeah, I, I think when I read this, I just, see Peter saying, Hey, suffering and dying. That's, that's bad. I don't want that for you. Mm. And Jesus redefining that and saying, that's literally the, the whole thing. (laughs) Like it's suffer, die, rise. They just don't, I mean, to your point, Seth, they, they haven't experienced that from this side of it yet. So they don't Mm. know there's a rise. Right. Um, but to the point of where we're getting stuck in rise, Mm. We forget that there are things we are meant to lay down and give up 
and let let die or whatever those may be. I'm really struck by that in Peter's response and even in Jesus's response, which is it's not all rise. I just wonder if it was like an even more jarring thing for them to hear than it is for us to hear. Yeah. Because they don't know that Jesus is going to go. I mean, other than, I guess, in this passage, it, it talks about how he's going to die and then three days later raise again. They probably don't understand that. They're just like, you're asking me to just like willingly mm-hmm. like submit to this torture, this like worst torture they know of probably. Mm-hmm. And yet Shameful. for us, we're like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And for us, we're like, well, Jesus did it. And then he rose again. And then victory. You know, like I feel like mm-hmm. that's the, yeah. the church in America probably sees that as like, not suffering necessarily, more like inconvenience. Yeah, it's it's uh, giving up coffee for forty days, or alcohol, yeah. or or you know. It doesn't mean actual death for us, right? It, at least it. I feel like we wouldn't take it that way, right? I'm just. I think I'm just kind of mad about the privilege that I experience mm-hmm. in reading this verse. Yeah, I'm, I'm not mad at anything. I'm just mad at myself for how I'm, how I see it as not as impactful as probably they saw it when they heard yeah. that. It should be something that's really jarring and really disturbing, honestly. Mm-hmm. And yet I read that now and I'm like, oh, well, Jesus rose from the dead and we get to experience that too. It's like victory. You know, that's like the mm-hmm. whole church in America thing. Victory, 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 and nothing else. Suffering, eh. But victory. even the suffering in that is like glorified, right? So mm-hmm. it's still a little bit like rising while skipping the suffering right. because it looks honorable because we know the ending, yeah. like you're saying. And so it's this like noble, honorable thing to take up my cross. So really we can like turn it around and still skip the actual... Yeah. Mm-hmm. death part like you're saying dolls and make it like i'm still rising yeah mm-hmm. i mean you can tell the people who who have had things who have had to let things die mm-hmm. their rise is a lot more genuine and it's a lot more authentic mm-hmm. and it's not as big mm-hmm. to be honest with you mm-hmm. it's like a quiet rise but that's not even part of it i just i do think we forget about the die and I, I'm I'm talking to myself here. I'm not. I'm really. I'm not trying to indict anyone in this. I'm just saying, like, man, why don't I read this in a way in the way that it, it should be read? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Well, I I mean, my personal theory is that various cultures or churches or denominations kind of get stuck in one of the three. Like, there's not mm-hmm. a very good flow. We mm-hmm. don't know how to flow through this very well. So I do think that there are people stuck in suffer. I think there are people stuck in die and our biggest exposure to the white evangelical American church is rise. And I can't even say I can deny that for myself. That mm-hmm. feels a lot better than suffering and death. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to live in that space all the time too. Mm-hmm. The parts of the church of the body of Christ that were born out of suffering and had to exist within suffering and oppression the way in which they speak of and sing of Christ, the restorer, the savior, is so compelling. Yeah. And it, it hits that peace in us that that's what we all want. We want to know Christ mm-hmm. in the depth of his suffering that we would experience the fullness of joy. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it, we're, we're okay when other people suffer. 
And we're okay with tacking on comfort and power and control onto Jesus so that it's easier to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. But that's created, it's created a bully. Mm-hmm. It's not the body of Christ. So it is, Lent is that it comes at us with grace and with boldness, you know, to say, I mean, said to me, I mean, Janie and I were talking the other night about where are we truly, truly following Christ? And it's not what we've made him to be, like what Peter's trying to make mm-hmm. Jesus into. Like, where are we just saying whatever it takes, like that I would seek and serve the lost, that I would display that humility for those that do suffer in the world and those that go without, like we see that in his life, healing. I mean, he's a walking feeding program. He's a walking clinic. He, like, he just exudes restoration wherever he goes. And that's inspiring. Yes, it does take suffering. It does take self-denial. It does take humility. It does take not having everything the way that I want it all the time or being safe. But it draws us into true life. That's what's so compelling about Lent to me. Yeah, it's hard and yeah, whatever, but like it's an invitation to like the only thing that we were really made for. I am going to take a little bit of a left turn here and say, I think the other thing that really strikes me about this passage and about Lent, and this is me 100% projecting because this is just a space I'm in right now, is that we as humans cannot comprehend God. We cannot comprehend what God is doing. We're, we're taking guesses. Peter was taking a guess. <laughs> and that's how Jesus responds to him. I mean, he literally says, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, mm-hmm. not from God's. And I think we get stuck in our human containers for mm-hmm. for what it looks like to be a Christian, to be in church, to even our own definitions around suffer, die, rise. Mm -hmm. And I know this is a strong rebuke. I also think that that's where Jesus is laying kindness on it to say, you just, you can't comprehend what God is doing in this space. So so just step back and let that happen. Or here's the invitation. Here's what the invitation really looks like. But I just, I'm really struck by the kindness of that to say, this isn't easy for you humans. <laughs> like God totally. is a lot bigger than than your mind can handle. And it, it is somewhat of a generalization. Like it's not it's not every church in America. Right, no, absolutely not. But it's definitely we definitely see it a lot more and it's a lot louder than it used to be, mm-hmm. I think. And and the reason we talk in this season about us and every church in America and every church in the world is because the invitation to the 40 days of Lent is to the church worldwide. So it's this like collective practice that we engage in. It's really honest. Mm. I love what you said, Dulce, about yes, there is a a rebuke, but there was also an invitation. I mean, he turned around to his followers and said, this is what following me is going to be like. Mm -hmm. There's always that invitation. And that's what's so compelling and beautiful and kind about Christ is that it's never just you're doing it wrong. You don't understand. It's I want to invite you into something. It may be hard. It may and does require everything from you. But you're invited all the same. And that is uh, 
Yeah. I love that you said that because that's the heart of Lent is the invitation. Mm-hmm. It, it, this passage really is a, a lesson in self-denial. It really is. Mm-hmm. Like so much so that I I haven't even thought about it in that context before and it's kind of making me feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> we used to laugh that those whoever put this prayer book together in these readings like they really knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And you know, Welcome to Lent Bloom. Mm-hmm. And it's, we do laugh about it, and it's hard, and we all know it's hard, and it's good for us at the same time, and that's kind of what makes it. Really, it brings levity into the season because it's freeing to look at yourself and to look, it's freeing to look at ourselves and to look at the church of which we are a part and, and, to, um, and to repent together. I mean, that's the beautiful unifying characteristic of Lent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say as we close, if you're listening to this after the year that we've gone through after, I mean, it has been, well, we all know what it's been. And a lot of people are heavy and a lot of people are torn down and, and suffering. And um, if this feels heavy, then what I'd like to invite you into is the reality that Christ is present with the suffering. Mm-hmm. And maybe for you, if you're in a place where the suffering is too much, the heaviness is too much, maybe Lent for you is allowing yourself to be there and inviting the presence of Christ to be so close mm-hmm. yeah. that you would literally feel held mm-hmm. by the divine, the one who knows you and loves you. I'll just close with this little story that um, the preacher to the papal household told us in a conference in, in London that every time Pope Francis lands in a country or a province, there's usually this nice dinner laid out before him. And every time he tells his hosts, take me to the poor because I need to see Jesus. It's the most tangible expression of the life of Christ and the heart of Christ that I've ever heard. It's walking away from all the luxuries and all the comforts that Christianity can give us and embracing Christ revealed in all people and the poor and the suffering. And so may you find Christ bloom in your Lenten journey as you confess, as you repent along with the church as you allow the Spirit of God to examine every place in you, and as you invite Christ into the places in which you are poor and heavy and broken, may you know deeply the peace of Christ this Lent. Peace be with you. We pray to the Lord for grace to follow Christ this Lent. Give your church the courage to give up her preoccupation with herself and to give more time to your mission in the world. Lord, meet us in the silence. Give Give us strength and and hear our prayer. Give your world the courage to give up war, bitterness, and hatred and to seek peace. Lord, meet us in the silence. Give us strength and hear our prayer. Give us the courage to give up quarrels, strife, and jealousy in our families 
neighborhoods, and communities. Lord, meet us in the silence. Give us strength and hear our prayer. Give us the courage to give up our selfishness as we live for others and to give time, care, and comfort to the sick. Lord, meet us in the silence. Give us strength and hear our prayer. Give us the courage to give up our fear of death and to rejoice with those who have died in faith. Lord, meet us in the silence. Give Give us strength and to hear our prayer, here and in eternity. Amen. Amen. 